This is the SEO Mindset Podcast with your hosts, Sarah McDowell and Tasmin Sullivan. This podcast is for SEO professionals and each week with the help of our wonderful guests, we discuss the important stuff that actually affects our careers and progression, but sadly often doesn't get talked about. You know, the invaluable soft and interpersonal skills that are often taken for granted, such as the skills we need for listening, time management, communication, and more. We also talk about the big issues that affect us and our careers, such as burnout, imposter syndrome, self-belief, saying no, plus other big issues and obstacles. With this podcast, we want to share knowledge on topics that unlock our listeners' true potential and enhance not only their careers, but all parts of their lives. So are you ready to prioritize your own personal growth and career development? Then let's crack on with this week's episode. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the SEO Mindset Podcast. Um, Today it is me and a wonderful guest, not me and Sarah as, as usually here. And we're talking about a really great topic, which is how managers can build a really great relationship with their team members. So although this is focused on what managers can do, I think it's worth everyone Um, listening to it because you will gain some really good advice and skills even if you're not managing a team formally when you are you know leading a project or leading a particular campaign it's really great advice so um, before we dive in just want to remind everyone of if you're enjoying what Sarah and I do then there are ways that you can support us there is the usual um, donation so buy me a coffee the link is in the show notes and then also if you're if you're on what used to be called twitter i I don't know anybody who likes calling it x but what was formerly twitter we are on there um you know hook up come and talk to us tell us about what you enjoy what you'd like us to create content on and that would be lovely. The links are in the show notes, so just go and go and find them and, and click. But I'm really eager to talk to you about my guest. So today we're talking to Gabrio now Gabrio Linari, and he is the director of Rocket SEO, which is his own organization, and also a global SEO consultant for a vast number of clients. He lives in sunny Croatia. I've never been to Croatia, so I'm keen to hear a bit more about it. And he works with companies all around the world. Now, in addition to being extremely passionate about people, training individuals in SEO and understanding the challenges that businesses face, which is what he'll be sharing his insights on today, I also wanted to tell you a little bit about the non-SEO Gabrio. So... Um, and maybe he can tell us a little bit more about this as well. He follows somebody called Sean T's insanity workout regime. And even though I don't know anything much about it, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't want to do it. He trains daily, which is brilliant. Um, on a more leisurely front, he enjoys strolls with his canine comp- companion, Rocky. He finds cleaning his car therapeutic, which I sort of get because I get 
I get that therapy from cleaning my kitchen. And on to kitchen and cooking. In a previous life, he attended the prestigious Cordon Bleu Culinary Arts School and had a career as a chef. Gabriel, amazing. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you, Tasmin. Thank you for having me here. So tell me a bit about Sean T. What's a normal <laughs> workout? Well, um, it's like a fitness trainer from the U.S. and he did many of these uh, workouts with different, you know, goals, etc. And a typical workout is like 40, 45 minutes of a high intensity uh, workout of uh, different types. So, yeah, they can be quite, uh, quite challenging and uh, intense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, less or more intense than working in a kitchen? Well, I would say it's a different ball game. I mean, on the on one, this one you have, you know, it's your own time. You can press pause, but in the kitchen, you cannot press pause. Someone will be shouting at you. So less intense, I would say. Well, is the shouting one of the reasons you decided that that wasn't for you, uh, life as a chef? Yeah, one of them. And uh, I soon realized that um, that type of work, I mean, it's brilliant. And although I love cooking in general, um, mm. you have to do it when you're a bit younger. No, I, I'm not yeah. extremely old either. But, you know, I think when you're a bit younger starting up, then you can appreciate the, I mean, you can tolerate, let's say, the shouting a bit better, mm -hmm. right? So, yeah, it was a bit too much, but nevertheless, a great experience. And uh, the training also was fun, I have to say. Oh, wow. Okay, one more cooking question, then I'll move on to our topic. All right. Um, two, two of your favorite things to cook, one Italian, one non-Italian. Okay, Italian, uh, it's been a long time. I'm not doing that one. Gnocchi, you know, gnocchi, okay. dumplings, potato stuff. Yeah. And non-Italian, there is this one called black bean chili quinoa. So it's a mix of these ingredients and actually came from the training of the Shanti guy. And because uh, yeah. together with the trainings, I'm not endorsing anything, but they also have all the cooking meals together. And some are really, really delicious. So they're, mm -hmm. they have nice, um, nice meals also developed by a chef there. So... Yeah, these two are my go-to ones. But the gnocchi has been ages, and my wife doesn't like when I do gnocchi because everything gets so messy, you know, with flour and stuff. So <laughs> it's been a long time. I used to be good oh. on that. Oh, well, if you decide to make it this weekend, I'm not to blame for the mess in the kitchen. <laughs> I'm just telling you. So fair enough. <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm really excited about talking to you on this topic because it's something that people have asked us to, to record more on. And it's about this role between a manager and their team members. And there's so many intricacies and it's so, um, so amazing when it works right and when it doesn't, it can lead to bad performance for the individuals and the organisation and not to mention all of the impacts it has on mental health of, of everyone involved. So... In your opinion, what are the main responsibilities a manager has towards their team members? Great question. Yeah, and uh, I think we can also differentiate a little bit between remote managers and regular mm -hmm. managers. So I think for this podcast, we mentioned to cover more remote work inside. So I will yeah. cover most of that. Um, I do think the most essential thing, I mean, important in general is being there and listening, but we all know that. So 
I think at a more practical levels, you know, I think it takes an additional effort as a manager when you have a remote team to manage. Simple as that. Because there are some aspects that you must have, you know, under control and you need some feedback back from your team, you know, in regular intervals. And uh, you don't have those coffee moments at the office where maybe you can grasp, you know, how things are going. Hey, what did you do this weekend, etc. Unless you make an additional effort, right? So in my view, what managers have to do is, again, having a sort of set or semi-set framework which they can utilize with their team members, uh, having in place a number of uh, weekly touch points or bi-weekly touch points, and you know follow up with their team members in general. I mean, this sounds a bit you know obvious, but I've been in a couple of organizations where this wasn't really structured, and uh, I was actually missing from senior managers, so my managers, let's say. So. I do think that these aspects are quite quite key. And also on another note, when we do work remotely, we are so much involved into work, you know, work, work, work. And they're missing those, again, more informal times because we also expect people to be, you know, always, okay, click on, off, like, right, like a PPC campaign, let's say, that you can just jump into the, the work. And uh, I still think that you can already you know see that something is is missing and uh, the shift to remote also meant yeah productivity is better but also those moments are missing so i think where i'm getting at is that um what one manager should have is balance in my opinion in the way he manages the team plus having a structured approach that helps him with that and uh, have regular check-ins with the team member and then you know, we ha- we can go now in different directions, but I think these are my you know main points that I, I think are key there. I think you're right because um, the flow in an organisation when you are not working remotely is different. There are those coffee moments, um, you know, walking towards the canteen, walking back from the canteen, where you can have those more informal conversations. But when you're working remotely, you almost need to put in a best practice contact team member on this time and talk about this thing and it's, it's in a way it's it makes you far more intentional which could work to your advantage but you need to put that in place yeah the, that's that's true and uh, at the same time uh we have time zones right which are sometimes uh, tricky so I, I don't think it's bad to, you know, checking in any case. And even if it's just Slack, you know, I, I remember one, one organization I work for and uh, the Slack was work only work, essentially. There was not much, you know, what we call the chit chat, right? Which, again, I can understand. But then my first impression was, hey, that's missing. And sometimes having a separate, um, you know, channel for just chit chat doesn't even work. So... I'm not saying it's simple because I think every every company has specific dynamics, time zones. You know, team members are maybe more relaxed, some are not so relaxed. You know, it's a, it's a really down to the manager understanding his team and what works and uh, what doesn't. So it, it requires an, a little extra effort, I would say. So yeah, you cannot just apply the same normal ways in a way. Yeah, one of the most. Um empowering conversations I had was with one of my managers and I was new to the organization and had a one-to-one 
And she asked me, you know, what is your motivation? And it really threw me because it was one of my earlier jobs. I wasn't expecting to be asked that. And she had a piece of paper with all of these different types. And I was struggling to answer. And she said, okay, out of these, which ones motivate you and which don't? And it felt as if she was seeing me as a, as a person and wanted to know me as a person. And it just made then conversations even about other things much easier because that dynamic had changed. I felt um, valued. I felt respected. And all of those things come from these types of conversations. <clears throat> Yeah, this is a an interesting aspect, and it also comes down to the you know former experience, right? Because I understand this person you mentioned probably she experienced on her own, right? So yeah. this is part of the development and learning curve, also of a manager, in fact. And uh, I would say also being open and uh, getting feedback, and uh, it's important, right? Because uh, you need to have an open conversation with the other person, in fact, and. Uh, we're all new in a way to this new way, right? So, yeah, mm. understanding is, is really key, but that's a nice angle. So you talked about the importance of being open. Um, how do you encourage that? How do you encourage a team to be honest with you, challenge you even, and maybe even, God forbid, say, no, I'm not doing that? How do you encourage that? <clears throat> Yeah, that's another nice uh, topic. I um, I think that that comes down again to have trust first, because uh, I think if you don't have any rapport whatsoever with a person working in your team for you, under you, with you, etc., that's really gonna be um, a challenge. And in terms of how do you encourage the uh, having that open conversation, I would say that you can openly ask also about which way you prefer to communicate, which can be a bit off-putting, right, for some people. And we can make a nice segue to nationalities and international teams for this after. But in my experience, I've been in, in teams which were quite direct with communication. So let's say asking feedback and also receiving it uh, both ways was quite relatively, I mean, quite simple. Uh, but then other teams or other people, team members, was a bit uh, was more tricky. So... I think managers should also be very sensi sensible, or no, I don't want to say sensitive, right? But sort of a little psychologist also in a way, because you, you should be able to sense and sort of detect, have an idea on what level of conversation or what kind of things the, the person is going to be comfortable sharing with me when it comes to work and what maybe not. So this comes with time. So I think... It's nice to have that sort of initial report. And uh, for me, I suggest also when someone is starting new, if you have the possibility, even you know it's going to be a remote position, go meet the team in person if you can. This really, really helps strengthen the report. Or maybe for the first month, come to the office two times in a month, something like that. You know, doesn't mean you will work remotely after, let's say it's fine. But for the first time, if you have the possibility, it's not too much of a geographical challenge, you know, in Australia and the other one is in Europe. So if you can do it, I also strongly recommend. And that will 
more cement the rapport with your team and the, and the manager. And then I think it comes with time. Some people will be very open and also more keen to conversation and communication will be flowing nicely. Some others will be a bit more slower perhaps. And again, it depends what the journey has been. And uh, I've seen quite a few differences. Sometimes it's not tricky because people might not share with you all the details uh, and uh, you don't know the background. And again, you're missing those coffee conversations, right? So, which are key <laughs> many times. Mm -hmm. So I would say, yeah, th th there's not a simple, easy recipe, I'm afraid. It's more of being open and communicating and, uh, and uh, trying to also be there when you know there's some maybe need uh, that you're not planning. So a bit of convoluted, convoluted answer here, convoluted answer. But what I'm trying to get is that it's not a simple science, uh, the, the communication. And I think you can refine it with time and the team members can be, you know, some will give you more feedback than others. So, so how would a, um, a manager handle um, if feedback isn't the thing that they were expecting. So you, you said earlier you can ask how people like to communicate. What if the answer doesn't sit well with you or the feedback you've requested doesn't sit well with you? How would a manager handle that, especially if they've never met that person? Yeah, I think you should be as uh, gentle and delicate as possible. Um because I, I think also people use also the, the screen as a barrier in a way. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it can be both good and bad, right? Because you, you could be sort of protecting yourself from, you know, um, being too direct, but at the same time, one could be too direct. So it could be the two extremes. So I, I think that you need to be yeah, careful as a manager again, but don't be shy to ask equally because... I find that um, if you don't ask also, the person might not reveal. So I had a, one of my old team members, I found out that she loved, it was well, a girl in the team, that she loved the direct feedback. And I thought she didn't like direct feedback. And the only way I could find out was for me asking. And, uh, you know, you can be, you know, a little casual about it, but uh, also go to the point and just say, hey, look, for me, it's it's good for, to, to know what's the best way to deliver feedback to you because, you know, we want to be effective and I want to do something which uh, you appreciate, right? That it's um, it's working for you. So what type of feedback do you receive? Do you like to receive? And then the person will say one thing or the other. And I was thinking at lunch earlier on, on this aspect and sometimes you might have a, a new team member, which is maybe new, they're off just being a, a intern right and maybe they never had feedback so they don't know the type of feedback they prefer so one interesting way to approach in this could be okay you've never had any managers before it could be right a new person younger and you can suggest look we will start this now with the management you know meetings and one-on-ones etc um, one week i will give you direct feedback one week I will give you indirect feedback and one week I will give you something maybe neutral in the middle. And then we will you know, meet again and you will tell me which one you prefer, which one will maybe was too much for you. And then we take it from there. So this could also be a way to, to be sort of gentle and starting fresh with a person which effectively don't know and didn't have that experience. So although I'm 
kind of guessing that most people will know what what they prefer, right? But still, mm-hmm. I think that could be also an interesting approach. They might know what they feel, um, what they prefer, but they might not be able to say. Whereas if you create that framework of you know let's test this let's test that and then we'll see where we go so that that's a really interesting way yeah of looking and it at could it. be that you that. have a uh, different team members and uh, i mean it does require when you think about it more effort right from a manager because you might have one team member prefers more direct feedback the other, the other one maybe not so direct so again this requires an additional level of effort but i think it, it can really pay off I mean, if you have a very large team, that comes tricky, but keep a spreadsheet or something, right? <laughs> you can still organize yourself. Yeah. Oh, well, lots of great tips already. Um, and I'm really looking forward to the conversations we're going to be having after the break. But we'll have a short break now and be back shortly. everyone, Sarah here. Just want to give you a heads up that Google Podcasts will be discontinued at some point in the new year. If you are currently using Google Podcasts, don't fret. You can still listen to our episodes in lots of different ways. We're available on all the podcast playing apps such as Spotify, Apple, Amazon. You can also listen to episodes via our web player on our website. Loads of different ways. In the show notes, there'll be a link to our website and a link to all the directories where you can subscribe. Why should you subscribe? Well, you get notifications when new episodes are available. Hey, Sarah here from the SEO Mindset. Just a quick message to say if you would like to support the podcast, if you love what me and Tasman are doing, then please do head on over to the seomindset.co.uk forward slash donate. I'll make sure there's a link in this episode show notes. And that will take you to our Buy Me A Coffee page. So here you can buy us as many coffees as you like to support us. So each coffee is a donation. And also you can leave us a message. um, So that will make it easy for us to give you a shout out. Also, if you would like to reach out to us, maybe you want to say hello, ask us a question, request a shout out. Um, Maybe you want to come on as a guest. Uh, We have Twitter. Yes. So again, if you head on over to the seomindset.co.uk forward slash Twitter, again, I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, That's how you can reach out to us, both me and Tasmin. Um, So yes, thank you very much. So welcome everyone and I hope you had time to make a cup of tea or get something nice to drink Um, but we are back talking about how managers can um, foster some really great relationships with their teams. So Gabriel, how would a manager be mindful of energy levels? You talked about remote teams, time zones, what is your advice on that? Yes, Another interesting one. I think this one specifically is not very much discussed. I mean, I don't think many people talk about this. I, I've not seen and I'm, I follow LinkedIn and other you know outlets quite a lot. So energy levels is an interesting one because 
especially with international teams, you will most likely encounter team members in different time zones, right? And let's say when it's in Europe, it's not so bad. Maybe we have one or two hours and we're kind of more or less morning and then afternoon and it's the same. But when you start having, you know, people in the US, Australia, et cetera, or other countries in Asia, and let's not forget the rest of the world, it can become tricky. So your morning might be evening of another person. And uh, when you're just starting work, the other person is maybe half of his day and just getting off. So I think this is another interesting aspect. And uh, when possible and feasible, I will try to, you know, synchronize time zones, at least on, let's say, sort of similar um, parts of the day. Or also what you could do is to, you know, just again, as earlier saying on the communication, ask your team members when, if especially if someone is you know with significant amount of hours from you, let's say six hours plus seven, six, you could ask them when is the time of the day you perform the best, because some people might work better in the evening and maybe works great with your time zone in the morning. So that's great. So again, I would try to have that conversation, especially when you are as a manager, know that you have a large gap in time zone and try to sort of make it work and also think about maybe don't do meetings on Fridays on those type of things when it's late for the other team members. So, And the reason for this is that, again, uh, energy levels vary a lot. So you might hear also in the tone of voice that one person is very energetic in the morning and then the rest of the team is already, you know, afternoon, evening and uh, they are on the kind of quiet side. And the, the final tip on, the, on this specific one is that if you cannot really find um, a window of time which kind of is balanced, you can also resort to some, you know, offline async videos, right? I know it's not ideal. You don't get that back-to-back feedback loop, but uh, platforms such as Loom or a couple of others are really good. I use that a lot uh, when you have uh, you know, small notes or also people in different time zones that just can't make it. So again, there are just some time zones which are just plain impossible to do. And uh, yeah, I think, again, you should try to adjust and uh, make things sort of align. Uh, it gets more complicated when it's a client meeting, right? And uh, yeah. that's why you just have to suck it up and do it. That's the bottom line. So I think that for the most part, when it comes to at least the team meetings, your internal trainings and those type of things that you also expect people to have attention, right? If I'm training 10 people, I would like them to be kind of awake at the meeting and not falling asleep halfway. So yeah, I think that's one uh, one way of doing it. And, and once again, it, it does put, a bit of more sense of uh, you know, responsibility on the manager. And I think that's kind of the direction where we're going here with the conversation that uh, especially managing a remote team, it, it does take additional effort um, from a manager. But a good point is that, good part is that, you know, if you do a couple of small tweaks to your management style, I think it really pays off because after all, people appreciate the time and also appreciate, I think, you checking in. Uh, I don't think anybody will dislike that you'll ask them when is the time of the day you're most productive you know it's a, i think it's a n- nice question and also will improve your relationship with your colleagues so it's a win-win in my book yeah and it's growth for the manager as well which is always good so leading from that you talked about being mindful of energy levels how can a manager be mindful of cultural differences of remote teams yes i think this one 
I have to say this one comes down to experience. That's the one thing which will really help and you cannot really train experience other than experiencing things, right? So I do think that, um, again, communicating and, you know, doing some research on uh, communication style can help if you didn't have the experience. So you can perhaps research on the style of communication for that specific country. If you have many team members in country X, uh, you know people are very direct or indirect. And uh, I could make one example of, uh, of the Netherlands, our Dutch friends. So I worked there for a while and uh, people in Netherlands, everybody knows they're very, very direct. And um, for me as an Italian formerly working in the UK and other few European countries was quite an adjustment because it's seriously direct. So sometimes you might simply go, hey, did you do this? Where is it the report? Sort of not even asking how are you, etc. Which, you know, when there are things to do in a short amount of time is great, but at other times can feel a bit extreme, right? Especially when, when you're not used to. So... For me, that was quite the adjustment. And ironically, it's also being an adjustment uh, in a reverse now because now I'm based in, in Croatia so, and I'm working with more international teams and clients. And uh, I have to rewind back from that directness, which was too much for the non-Dutch uh, customers, clients, and my people I'm helping online as well. So sometimes I have to remind myself, Gabriel, don't be too much direct because in um, emails, for instance, with some countries and people from certain countries, you know, it can not go well and you have to do a bit of in, you know, more introduction and, uh, you know, doesn't mean you'll write uh, email, uh, half uh, half A4 paper just asking how are you, you know, but, you know, just some, you know, common, you know, how are you, which again, from certain countries feel normal, but then others are, are not so much. So... How to be mindful is, I think, understanding, A, you have team members from 10 nationalities, yes. B, what can you do about it? C, do you know enough to do something or do you have to ask? And uh, mm -hmm. so these are some steps I would put in place. And uh, I mean, if everything is great, maybe you don't have to do anything, but I'm pretty sure you have experienced some some situations or where you request something and it didn't really go according to plan or other communication was uh, was not flowing i think there's a interesting phrase which i i read in one of you know things going around online when you know in the uk and please correct me if i'm wrong on this one when you say someone tells you something and you say oh that's very interesting you don't really mean that's interesting right it's just a way to say like Okay, let's move on. But for the Dutch, they think it's really interesting and they will, yeah. you know, experience the conversation in a different way. And uh, unless you've read this, and uh, there's a great book I always recommend, uh, The Culture Map from Erin Mayers. And she talks about these things brilliantly. So actually for all managers, grab a copy of that book. You can find it online. It's amazing. And she talks about these things. She's an international coach on... Um, these type of things, helping CEOs and founders of companies, etc., that have international teams. So I've read that one. So that was already a, a big, big help. So yeah, I just remind, remember that. So sorry, I went a bit long here. So do you agree on the interesting thing in, in I, Yeah, I do, because it's you don't want to say it's 
um, you you're wrong or you're right, but you're just trying to get to the next stage of the conversation exactly um, yeah. politely without causing offence. Um, <laughs> but yes, yes, I do. You know what? I I think you you said this um, talking about energy levels and cultural differences in remote teams isn't spoken about a lot. And I I dare say you are right here. Um, but yeah, yeah so and, maybe, and perhaps maybe you can talk yes, more and, about it. Yes, uh, I mean, I, I will, like, I, I, how can I say, see some more people even thinking about it. And um, especially when you, you think, hey, why a th- certain team member is not performing sometimes or you expect them to be online at a certain hour of the day so i mean with remote teams you 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 are most of the time adjusting that people will answer you in you know different times of the day but i think some people still don't get it so you have to say it in that time in that aspect or it could be something to to me- to mention right so for example, sometimes I I do good work in the evening. You know, it's quiet, yeah. and uh, my wife is an early bird instead. So, um, yeah. So I'm not too big, too much fan of say really early morning meetings. Although if I have to do, I'll do them. Yeah. So then, yeah. if it's my manager, he might ask you, ask me, hey Gabriel, where do you prefer to have a one on one? So I'll say, maybe in the afternoon, like three o'clock is a good time for me. So yeah. and that's kind of what you could do with your team when you're talking to them and doing one-on-ones, right? So, yeah. again, of course, time, schedules, of course, it's not always possible to have everything perfect. You know, but in yeah. an ideal world, you know, you can at least make an effort and, you know, if you can adjust to some more pleasant time zones and why not? That's my my whole point there. And Yeah, absolutely. I think we need to probably do another podcast episode on this topic on its own. It's it's really yeah, great. Happy Thank to. you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, we've run out of time, so I just wanted to ask you some questions that we normally ask our guests here. One of the questions is, um, what is the best career advice you've ever received? I think would be failure is one way to succeed, if not no. the only way to succeed. Because um, especially when when you're starting up or you have something new, you're building on your own, that will help you understand where you want to go. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. And who is somebody, and it doesn't have to be in the SEO world, who is somebody who inspires you? Uh, that will be my wife. Yeah, my wife Lorraine. Um, you know, sometimes we we go through situations together, and uh, also, well, she came from a different country than me, and uh, when I noticed that uh, sometimes she will appreciate things which are which I don't appreciate. You know, simple things. Uh, so she's very thankful and uh, have always a positive outlook for things, and uh, I think we could all all use that sometimes. And uh, yeah, she always has a smile, so that will be my inspirational. So that's a brilliant answer, and 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 if you are messing up the kitchen, you know you can say, "Look, I mentioned you on the podcast, so you've got yeah. <laughs> you've got a, that's right. a point there." Um, that's right. Um, if somebody wants to talk to you more about these topics, what's the best place for them to reach you? 
Well, it will be LinkedIn is a good start, or they can always email me at uh, info at gabriolinari.com. Those two are the best ones. And, and we'll put all the links um, in the show notes as well. So that leaves me nothing to do except, you know, thank you so much for this. It's been great fun talking to you. It's great fun talking to you even before we recorded. Um, and to thank everyone who's listening and to remind them as well that if they would like to support Sarah, what we're trying to do with this podcast, then there are various ways that you can do that. One of them is to um, donate via the Buy Me A Coffee link and uh, please follow us on Twitter or X. Well, thank you so much, Gabriel. Thank you. Thank you again for your time. And I, I had a really good time as well. Excellent.